0: Step up to a NordicTrack treadmill with iFit. iFit controls speed, incline, and decline, meaning that as an on-screen trainer leads you through a global or studio workout, the machine automatically mimics the changing terrain or adjusts the speed to the trainer's cues without you having to touch anything. Explore NordicTrack treadmills at nordictrack.com.
1: Welcome to AMR Trains, a podcast focused on training and racing endurance events. I'm Dimity McDowell, co-founder of Another Mother Runner. Today, we've got a double feature of sorts. Our podcast today and the weekly Another Mother Runner podcast have a shared theme, which is grief and running. Today, I'm going to talk to Kate Kneifel, a therapist, while on the podcast on Friday, Sarah's going to talk to three women who have used running as a way to help them through their grief. A mother runner, Kate is a therapist in Carmel, Indiana. In her practice, Kate helps individuals and couples recognize the challenges in their lives and helps them get unstuck and move forward. Kate has a podcast called Full of Shift, which debuted in August. So welcome, Kate. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Awesome. Awesome. So we know that you live in Indiana and we know you're a mother runner, but tell us about yourself. Like- how many kids you have, how you ended up um, in being, turning into therapy um, or turning to therapy as a profession, I should say.
2: Yeah, yeah, great. So yes, I am a proud um, mother runner um, coming back from a foot injury right now. So I'm, I'm working on it, but I'm making progress. Um, I have two kids. I have a daughter who's a senior in high school and then I have a son who is a freshman in high school and they're both runners. Um, My husband runs as well. So we're kind of all runners here. Um, As far as how I got into therapy for me, you know, and I'm sure many of your your listeners might be in the same position. um, Counseling and therapy for me has actually been a second career. I started off in elementary and special education, um, but then I've always been obsessed with how we learn, how we grow, how we process information and also our behaviors and emotions surrounding it. So the first part of my career was really, how do you learn, right? How do you break down a concept? How do you learn about it? How do you teach it? Um, I worked with little kids. So you have to learn how to teach it like with your body and through song and you know, (laughs) all the different ways, which is really how we, not just how little kids learn, but how we all learn. Um, So that was the first part. And then I moved into more the study of, you know, our emotions and our brain and how we process through emotions and how that translates into our behavior um, and so I've married those two and I run a private practice and um, being a counselor.
1: Nice, nice. Well, and so we are um, about seven, seven and a half months into the pandemic. And can you talk without obviously divulging any national secrets, but kind of how your perspective has shift, shifted during the pandemic? Like how uh, are people coming in with different issues? Are you seeing it among your clients that that, that were we're grieving more, we're more sad, like kind of talk a little bit about trends that you see.
2: Yeah, well, I think at the beginning of this, um, there was so much shock. Sure. Really, you know, shock. And then so many unexpected events that were creating so many different unexpected losses. So there was this huge amount of disruption, right? (laughs) And just people trying to like, regain equilibrium, but also so much fear and anxiety, just that we've never been through something like this before. Um, And, you know, with any difficult event, it brings out, it can bring out the worst in us, but it can also bring out the best. And so I think, you know, we saw a lot of that, you know, so often we're so much stronger than we realize, we're so much more flexible and resilient than we realize. Um, I will say, though, what has been difficult as as this has gone on, and we've had to, we've had um, just a multitude of different types of issues going on, right? Not just the pandemic, but we have racial issues, we have an election. I mean, just so many different changes going on that there has been just sort of this sense, and you know, myself included, of this this fatigue. Um, that has kind of set in that we're doing our best and yet, wow, like this is heavy. It doesn't stop, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. It is heavy and it is. And so, um, I mean, and we're going to talk, definitely dive into grief, but I'm just curious, like, can you talk a little bit about the difference between loss and grief and why they're interrelated, but they're not the same thing?
2: Yes, yeah. So, loss is essentially you know, something that you value that is important to you has somehow shifted or gone away. Um, and it has an impact, right? Sure. And losses can be big and small, they come in all different forms. Losses sometimes, though, unless it's something big, we don't always recognize it as such as a loss. Yeah. And we don't always acknowledge it, right? grief though, at least, and this is my frame of reference. So I just, I do want to clarify, there are so many different ways of framing grief and loss and lots of different theories on grief grief and loss, but just, I'm, you know, I'm referencing this from, you know, how I use it. Sure. Um, grief then would be the, the, the emotional experience, right. Of those losses, um, what we're feeling in our bodies, the emotion that comes up, that grief that swells up, um, as a result and both grief and loss, um, are highly individualized.
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. and you had a really nice blog post about how at the beginning, maybe it was like last spring, uh, you guys went around the table with your family and just talked about the things that they had lost. Um, yes. you know, things like eighth grade graduation and, um, that's the one that sticks out to me because I lost that too, or my son lost that too. But I mean, can you talk about why you did that and what, what, how, why that's helpful?
2: Yes. Yeah. So here's what we tend to do with difficult thoughts and emotions. And I call it the discomfort dance, right? So you're going to see me, but I'll, I'll kind of explain how it is. We tend to obsess stuff it or bounce it, make it someone else's problem right? So upstep stuff, bounce. Boop, boop, boop. That's what we want to do, right? Sure. And we all kind of have a tendency with different topics where we tend to go with it. And we do that because we think if we if we just maybe don't give it too much attention, then it will go away. And that it's just not how loss works. Like loss needs to be recognized and we need to make space for it, right? So I will often use the metaphor when when we're dealing with difficult thoughts and emotions or specifically like with loss, we need to kind of like move the furniture in the room and make space for it, make space to recognize it and some of the feelings that we have. And so, you know, we were recognizing in our family that we were just, we were feeling all of the feels, right? And we need to process that through. And the first thing of doing is just recognizing and identifying it. So these are the things that have been lost Mm-hmm. Like we're not, you know, eighth grade dance, prom, right? Spring break, um, you know, graduation, all of these things. And then the lead up to that, all the anticipation for that, that's all not here anymore.
0: Sure. Right? Sure.
1: Yeah. And, um, one, and one of the things that you talked about, and you, you've said it's highly individualized, and we realize that, you know, losing the opportunity to go to prom is not the same thing as losing a spouse right um but yeah i want to really talk there was uh, i was listening to a podcast recently and i can't remember which one it was but it really stuck with me that there's like no grief hierarchy or like no pain olympics i think those two terms like they i can't get them out of my head because we tend i mean especially if you have a roof over your head you have two, you know you have a job your kids are healthy you're healthy you're like okay but I'm not homeless or I don't have COVID or you always tend to somehow minimize, or I tend to, and I think people as a rule, tend to minimize the loss and the grief that they're going through. So can you, can you talk about that? Even though that might not be the exact same grief or loss, the patterns of emotion are similar. Does that make sense? Yes,
2: yes, it totally does. Yes, that uh, loss and comparing losses and saying dismissing or minimizing we do it for a couple of reasons, okay. right? So we do it one, because grief and loss are difficult. They're, they're difficult, right? And a lot of us, we haven't been modeled how to deal with that. And so how do we deal with it? We say, well, at least it's not this bad. At least it's not that. Thinking that that will help, um, but it just, it doesn't. It, it stuffs it or it kind of minimizes it, right? It makes it, we're trying to make it smaller, dismiss it but it's gonna stay there. And that's the bad news, right? If we don't process it, if we don't acknowledge it, it's gonna stay there. Now, um, David Kasler, who is a grief and loss expert, he was actually on the Brene Brown podcast, which, oh my gosh, that podcast is just like life-changing. And what he said is, he said, the worst loss is your own. And man, like if, if we were able to make space for that, you know, how amazing that that would be, right? Because we're going through all of those emotions, you know, um, you're going through the disruption. You're going through the sense of grief. You're going through, how do I now integrate this into my life? What does my life look like now? Whether it's, I mean, eighth grade dance, yeah, it's a smaller thing, right? But you're still going through that process. And as a child, you're going through that for the first time. And so you don't have a frame of reference to fall back on. Whereas when you're older, you've been through some different losses, you know how to get through things. Um, so it can look different.
1: Yeah. Well, and I, and I just thinking it's just hearing you say the eighth grade dance, it's like, that is the center of his life. I mean, not really, of course, but I mean, th- like you were talking about the anticipation of it and the all the lead up to it and being there with his friends and having it be a rite of passage to ninth grade. I mean, there are a lot of things connected to it that are, it's not just about the two hours, you know, bopping out to Justin Bieber, right?
2: Yes, right. And if you're able then as a parent to model, how do you make space for that, right? So for example, you know, my daughter shared, um, you know, then several weeks later, This grief she was feeling. I mean, she just sobbed because no college visits. Sure. Right. So, so she had been doing all of this work to prepare for college, to go to a good college, and now not being able to go to these college visits. Now, part of me wanted to say, but you might be able to go to school next year in college and not have you know online classes or oh, but look at this, but look at that. It could be worse, right? So that came up in me too. But being able instead to say, I know, like, this is tough. I know you were really looking forward to that and making space for it.
1: Sure, sure.
2: Yeah.
0: Some technology I can give or take. Our washer and dryer are two decades old. I think I have an iPhone 8. But when it comes to treadmills, newer is beyond nifty. Nordic Track treadmills with iFit interactive connected technology are life changing. With a huge touchscreen, iFit transports you to an energetic studio workout class or stunning locations filmed in amazingly more than 40 countries across all seven continents. iFit offers up thousands of on-demand workouts from walking and hiking excursions up to speed-building intervals and everything in between. There are even yoga, boot camp, and cross-training sessions that have you hopping off the treadmill. New Zealand, Egypt, Patagonia, Easter Island, These are just some of the far-flung locales you can virtually visit via NordicTrack treadmill with iFit. With a wide, high-definition touchscreen, you will almost think you are running in those places. I still practically feel like I have run in a waterfall in Lakefield National Park in Croatia, thanks to my last session on a NordicTrack treadmill with iFit. I'm eagerly waiting delivery of my own treadmill and oh, the places I'll go. The technology is equally impressive. When the terrain on the screen climbs, the treadmill automatically raises. When the trail levels out, so does the well-cushioned tread. The speed adjusts all on its own. After hitting start, you let the treadmill make all the adjustments, no pushing buttons. If your motivation is fired up by competition, do one of the studio classes, even a live one, so you can see your stats on a leaderboard against other workout warriors. The possibilities are endless. To see what I'm talking about, head to nordictrack.com. That's N-O-R-D-I-C-T-R-A-C-K.com. See where you can go with a Nordic track treadmill with iFit.
1: Let's talk about exercise. How does running um, or any really kind of exor- exercise, I mean, it could be an endurance sport like cycling or running. It could be yoga on the mat. How does that make space um, physiologically for a Yep. Why do we always feel better after a run <laughs> than we did before? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, the thing is like exercise and, you know, running, we're talking about running here, but if there is a magic drug, a magic activity that you can do, honestly, for almost anything, it's, it's exercise. So whether it's anxiety, depression, grief, what, you know, whatever it is, exercise tends to help so much. And the reason it does that is because it benefits us physiologically in so many different ways. Right, like it's just—it's not just one way. It's all of these different ways. So, when when we exercise, when you run, you have significant chemical changes that happen in your brain. Um, so there's you know the endorphins that we know about, but then there's also um, endocannabinoids. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, right? That that increase. So it's kind of like the similar—it's similar to class of chemicals of cannabis, marijuana joggers, people, when they study um, runners, like when they test like prior to a run and then after a run, you triple your endocannabinoids. Wow. And so literally, I mean, really you're, it's, it's, it's changing your chemical makeup of your body, right? When you go outside, you're being exposed to nature, which there's tons and tons of research about the positive impact of nature. You're breathing. You're focusing on your breathing, which is calming your nervous system, right? But one of the most important things that I talk about a lot in my practice, um, you know, I specialize. I do a lot of trauma work. Okay. And our bodies. So when we have emotions, when we have different things that happen to us, and you know, in in therapy and session, I'm working more at trauma, but our bodies hold on to it, right? So. Our bodies store emotions. These emotions just aren't like up in the air and then dissipating. Our bodies hold on to them until we process them through. And there's a number of ways that we can do that. However, one of the best and uh, most effective ways is processing it through movement. So, literally, when we are running, you are processing through all of that stuff that hasn't been processed through, which is why you get those new ideas. You feel lighter, you feel better after a run.
1: That's so funny because, you know, a lot of times I I don't run very much anymore just for injury reasons, but my, um, I very vivid memories of like being on like mile five of a run and just being like, okay, I want to write thank you notes. Okay. I love my mom. Okay. Um, I need to sweep under the couch. Okay. This is what we're going to have for dinner. I don't know. It's almost like, um, like a slideshow that goes flashing through your mind, right? Um, Yes. I guess at miles one through four, I had processed what I needed to process, right? Is that accurate, would you say?
2: Yes, yes. And also, you know, when you're out, and, and it depends how you do this, but so you're out and you've got all these benefits, you've got these good chemicals going through your body, right? And then if you choose to, which, you know, sometimes I do sometimes I don't if you choose to go without music or without a podcast what happens then is your brain like if you can imagine like an empty kitchen table for a minute okay? okay and you have a jigsaw puzzle and you keep it in the box but you start throwing different pieces of that jigsaw puzzle out on the kitchen table right throughout the day like anything you consume information emotions it's another piece of that jigsaw puzzle okay Okay. When you have those down times, when you give your brain a break of this constantly trying to make meaning or make something happen, or you're, you're, you're taking things in, your brain has a moment then to put those pieces together, right? Like, oh, this, this makes a picture of a cat, or oh, I want to write the thank you note, or oh, and so you've got all of those pieces coming together. Um, that help set the scene for new connections and insight. Okay. And it also helps set the scene then when we're talking about grief and loss for some healing too, right? And that integration, what does this mean for me? Um, How how do I move forward? What might I need to do um, to address some of these needs that are coming up in me as I'm going through this?
1: And you want to have insight into that, right? It's like more. Yes. Yeah, that's what you just said. Okay. I'm I'm curious, does is it um I'm thinking about you know something that is very life-changing, like losing a spouse or divorce, or um, you know, having a, a loved one come down with a significant illness. Like, does does exercise give you a sense of purpose then too? I mean, I, I think about um oh, all the stories about, you know, um, people going through divorce, all of a sudden they, you know, sign up for an Ironman triathlon or something like that, right? Because you have suddenly time and you need something to kind of put that focus on, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. It absolutely can, right? And it's also something um, in a time of grief and loss, as I mentioned before, can be so disrupting, Yeah. right? And so if you decide to train for something, it can be like, this i can see yeah. right i i have i can understand this feels predictable and so this is providing some of that structure for me that i need in this time because so many other aspects of my life have changed
1: sure sure yeah. and control. i mean you know going back to what we were talking about at the very when people were first at the very first stages of the pandemic when we were just like Oh my God! Just everything is on fire. Um, and exercise is also something that you can control, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Although I have to be totally honest with you, Tiffany. Um, at the beginning of this pandemic, I was so I was running a little bit, but not a lot. Okay. Well then, man, I started running a lot. Sure. I started running, which is now where I have my foot problem, right? So.
1: Well, and there is a line, right? And that's one of my questions. Yeah. But let's talk about that because, you know, can exercise be detrimental when you're grieving?
2: Here's the thing, as with all things, it's yes and no. Sure. Right. And so part of the process of having, you know, going through grief and loss is checking in with yourself and really noticing, you know, I, 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 I'm like a broken record, but checking in, like what is here first, like being able to hold and notice what is here, like heaviness is here um anxiety is here anger is here right all of these things like this like emotional attendance right um and then w- what do you need right so so with exercise yes it can be wonderful like i need to go for a run and it feels good but what we can often do yeah <laughs> is sometimes as i did as I'm an example of sure oh, we can overuse sometimes our strengths or we can overuse sometimes our coping um, strategies, but it's just then if it happens, then you can be compassionate, like passionate and, and check in and notice, but it's good to know, you know, as you're kind of figuring it out, if you're overdoing it or not, like what has happened in the past? How do you know in the past that you've overdone it? You know, like with me, I know when I'm overdoing it or if I'm exercising too much, if I'm relying really heavily on caffeine, you know, like, like, oh, one more cup of coffee and I can do it. And that's for me, kind of a red flag and knowing what, what your, what your personal red flags are can be really helpful.
1: Sure, sure. Well, and let's talk a little bit about intensity. Um, So, I mean, is there, you know, I mean, I think of a, a very like, I think of a healing run as a nice, easy paced run. And that's just me, you know, that's how I put, that's the box that I put it in for a healing run. Um, is there a, you know, is, do you, I know you're not a a running coach or a personal trainer, but you know, is it, is there an intensity level that, um, should be respected when you're in the throes of grief, um, so that you don't overstress certain physiological systems?
2: Yeah. Oh my gosh. That would, I'm sure there's some research study on that. That's a very interesting, but no, I mean, I think not that I am aware of, it really comes down to what do you need and what is working for you. So for example, I can imagine that sprints might be really helpful sometimes when you're in grief, if it's, if you're feeling really intense emotions and you need to just, just really feel it. Yes. Sure. Right, checking in. Or it may be, no, I just need this long, slow run to just take things in and work things through. Um, again, I think it depends more on where you are because that's that's the other piece of grief that is difficult is that it's very unpredictable, Sure. right? So one day you may be in one spot and another day you may feel totally different and you might not know why, right? That is just how grief is and so it's really hard to say this is what i'm going to do all the time sure because what you need is going to be different depending on where you are and what's going on
1: yeah well and i there isn't i mean the, just like you said like grief is going to be different i wish and the world would be maybe much easier but not as interesting so you could say okay um after this you know incident in your life whatever loss you feel or whatever is causing you grief It'll be three months if you keep up your exercise and it'll be six months if you don't, you know, but it may be gone in three weeks and it may linger for a year. Like, and that's, I mean, that's the beauty of life and that's also the frustration of life, right?
2: Yes. It is what can be really challenging. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, so you talked about um, taking away external stimulus, like audio stimulus, like a podcast or your headphones um, or music. um, That, you know, do you think that that is helpful? Like as a rule, if you're trying to get out and kind of have one of those really mind clearing, emotionally processing runs?
2: Yeah, so as a rule, I don't know. So if you can tell, I have a lot of like, it depends, you gotta check it and see, right? But if if you're looking for some clarity, sometimes that can help. And I wanna be really, clear too in that it doesn't have to be all or nothing like it could be you could not have your headphones or any of these strategies for the first 15 minutes of your run um and then do something else because the other thing that can sometimes happen especially if we feel stuck in our emotions is we may need something to help us feel them and like cry or get them out right so it may be i'm going to do um, I'm gonna listen to this song while I run. And if if I cry, if I wanna yell or whatever, I mean, I'm gonna let it out. Um, I think that can be really beneficial, um, noticing what you need and, and being um, creative then with what you bring into the run.
1: Sure, sure. Um... The other, again, when I was just kind of doing poking around, looking for some ideas about how to help process grief, um, was keeping a journal. Either maybe before you, yes. open, after you run, and um, and. Just, just uh, as a visual, when you, kept, when you said a couple minutes ago, it was beautiful about talking about what is here and you had your hand to your chest, like what's going on. Inside. Yes. What is here is, you know, those feelings that you're feeling inside. Talk about if somebody wanted to um, use running to help process their feelings, like when, how can a journal enhance that?
2: Yes. So journaling is a wonderful way to so often you know especially thoughts they just swirl 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 go 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 and journaling can be a way of draining those thoughts externalizing those thoughts um so that you can see them and sometimes then it's much easier to to make meaning and connections and have insight and move forward now how you can connect that to running is you know a number of different ways you can Come back and whatever came up in your mind during the run, you can write it down. Um, You can use your run to notice different aspects of um, either your environment or notice the feelings that are coming up. Like, oh, in the first part of the run, there was a lot of anger, 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 anger. Then there was, you know, I felt grateful for my body. But being able to come back and journal about it, one, it helps externalize it. But two, it can also be a wonderful way to see the patterns, right? Sure. So for example, you can come back from a run and maybe, I mean, this does happen sometimes. You might go on a run and be like, that was hard or I don't feel better. And this is what came up. Okay, write it down. And then the next day, keeping a journal, what did you notice um, came up that day and write it down. And you might notice I have a good day and I have a bad day or wow, I've had, you know, three good days in a row. Awesome, that's a win for now, right? Um, Or notice I tend to have three rough days and then I have a week of days that feel a little bit easier. We need those pieces of hope um, when you're going through difficult times and you can't like jump into your brain, right? And like look around what happened the days before but if you externalize it and write it down, you can, and that can be really helpful.
1: Nice, nice. Um, And then the other one that I saw, which I mean, when I was again, looking around the internet, I mean, so many stories about how running helps with grief, right? Helps process, help move through, help make sense of it all and sharing those stories. Um, And obviously, you know, we've got myriad ways to do that now with social media and stuff, but I mean, Do you encourage your clients sometimes when they're, they're, they're trying, they're moving through this process to talk to other people, whether it's via social media or with a friend or a family member to kind of,
2: yeah, yes. I mean, you know, that one important aspect of grief is that it, it needs to be witnessed. Right. And it's, it's the beautiful and hard part of it in that, you know, I would talk about counseling all the time In that it is such a beautiful thing because we need other people um, and you can get that through counseling but you can get it through like the Another Mother Runner community, right? I mean, it's a perfect example. Like we need other people. Um, we're wired that way. We're not wired to be on our own and just like a one person show. It just doesn't work that way. Now that witnessing piece, the only part that I would say is, it needs to be someone who has earned the right to witness your grief, right? So if you're talking about social media and things like that, sometimes that can be tricky. Um, But if you're talking about, you know, talking to a trusted friend, a family member, you know, your, your best running friend, your running group, like, hey, this is what is coming up for me right now. Yes. And that that you that you share that with someone that you trust you have past experience with or trust will be able to hold space for you. Right? Not um, we don't need and if someone if someone is you know if we're on that other end we don't need to fix it for anybody. We don't need to you know try to give them a solution. We need to make space and what I will do all the time and you can see me on the video is like I will put my hands out like Because our bodies follow, like if we want something, if we want to feel something, we can do something with our body, like open it up and we'll be able to make more space. Check in what's here, put your hand on your chest, right? We, We are in our bodies, we are connected to our bodies, but sometimes grief can separate us from our bodies. We get stressed and we feel disconnected from our bodies or from others, which is why running or running with your running group is even, I mean, just amazing. You're connecting to your body and you're connecting to others. And that's how we heal and process.
1: That is perfect. That is perfect. And I, you know, making space, I mean, I just want to, uh, because I think sometimes our, our, especially some type A people are like, okay, let me, let me figure out how to make it right. Like with your daughter, not being able to go to college, like you know, trying to like, to have her look on the bright side instead of letting her mourn. So just things you can say, you know, like, yes, it's tough or thank you for sharing. Or, I mean, what yeah. are, just, is to kind of just phrases and, and ideas that where you're just like, okay, I want to help make space for this for you. And I don't want to fix it for you. Yeah. Or, I'd like to fix it for you, but I know I can't.
2: Well, I think for us to remember that grieving is healthy and normal. Okay. Right. And, and actually when, when we don't grieve, that's when some bigger issues start, start being formed. Right. So grieving is a healthy, normal process of life and loss is a, is a part of life. Right. So things that we can do is we can say what else. Okay. Like if someone starts sharing with us, you know, and they say, you know, this happened, this happened, this happened. Oh my gosh. What else is there? what else are you thinking, you know, and, you know, tell me more, right? Or, you know, I mean, you can say, you know, th- th- that must be difficult or reflect back what they're saying. So you're saying this last week has been horrible because of all the triggers of your husband not being here and the holidays are really hard, right? Is that right? You know, and then you can ask, you can certainly ask at the end, like, is, is there any, is there anything else? What can I do to support? Is there anything else, you know, that you need? And they might say, yes, <laughs> you know, sure. could you take my kids or yes? Or, you know, usually they'll just say, no, thank you for just listening. I just need someone or, you know, when you're sharing, it might be to share what a need is like, yes, I need someone to tell me that I, I'm not losing my mind. Like, I feel like I'm losing my mind. Sure. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. And be able to affirm and mirror back what you see and remind people that they're, they're not, they're still that same person. Um, yeah, but mostly just making space noticing. And when you want to talk, maybe count to seven in your head and see if they say anything else.
1: Nice. I like that. I like that. Yeah. All right. So let's make a little space for your foot, Kate. How, how is it? And what's wrong?
2: <laughs> so, okay. So, I'm all about small things and this is such a small thing, but I, you know, small wins are a big deal. So I had been on this plant. Here's my goal. I want to be able to do the heart rate training program. Okay. Um, but I'm not there yet. And because I'm just coming back and I was trying this other, like back into running program and it was just too aggressive for me. So, and this is a good example of how you can check in and change. Right. So, um, I checked in. I thought, okay, I, but I bet I could run just for a little tiny bit. Like maybe I could make the interval running intervals even shorter because the running intervals were like two minutes. And then I went down to one minute. It was still hurting. So today I was able to do 30 minutes of two minutes walking and 30 seconds running, which I know sounds so baby tiny, but I was thrilled. Like I was so excited about it.
1: Yes. Yeah. No, that's great. That's great. No, it's honestly, and especially when you have, um, having had more injuries than I want to recount, like those first runs back. Yes. They're frustrating in that you're like, okay, I know I could run for 30 minutes straight, but yet there's this small celebration, like, yay me, I'm out here and I don't hurt. And it's, and I'm going to get there. Like it's, it's the first step towards getting back to where you want to be. And that's such a lovely feeling, isn't it?
2: Yes, it is. And it's great you know, as we were talking earlier about, you know, grief and goals, and this isn't grief, but just, it's great um, to have a goal. And right now my goal is just, I want to be able to do the heart rate training program. So hopefully when I get to that point, it's going to be awesome. So,
1: (laughs) Well, and I should say, just because if there are people that are paying close attention to our programs, we have a program called return to running, which I'm going to get for you, which gets you- with a one-on-one I think it's a one minute run one minute walk but um but but I'm going to I'll I know where to find you so let's get you (laughs) um because I'd love to have you have some coaching over uh, we've got coach Liz and Jen who oversee it who also oversee the heart rate training and so that would be great to have some guidance and some accountability and and just some you know have someone on your team right yeah oh that would be awesome Cool. Cool. Well, Kate, you are awesome. Talk about that. That was really fun. Um, in a fun way that in that enlightening, helpful, okay, I'm not alone way. So thank you for, for bringing such insight into grief and loss. And, um, here's to, uh, some, some more happy miles for all of us, right?
2: Yes. Yes. Thank you so much for having me.